Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we'll be covering the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Now, we're very excited to cover this topic because as you I'm sure already know, we are coming upon the 1,941-year anniversary of this terrible disaster. So here's what you need to know. In the year 79 AD, the resort town of Pompeii in southern Italy's Campania region was a popular destination among the Roman elite. Located at the base of Mount Vesuvius and not far from the city of Naples, Pompeii had an estimated 20,000 residents. Elegant villas lined Pompeii's paved streets. It was a bustling site with cafes, taverns, bakeries, and artisans' shops. 
The bathhouses, brothels, and open-air markets were teeming with people. The city even had a 20,000-seat amphitheater that hosted gladiator fights, a popular and bloody sport of the time. But on August 24th, 79 AD, life for those in Pompeii would be forever changed. At around noon, an explosion from the peak of Mount Vesuvius rattled Pompeii and its neighboring fishing village of Herculaneum. Locals witnessed a 10-mile-high mushroom cloud of smoke spewing from the mountain. After centuries of dormancy, Mount Vesuvius had erupted. For days leading up to it, the neighboring cities had experienced small earthquakes, which were common in the area. It is unlikely that anyone really realized the dangers that lay beneath their homes. Shortly after the explosion, residents began to flee as 1.5 million tons per second of volcanic pumice, ash, and gas jetted out onto the city of Pompeii. Yet there was no lava at this point, just a horrific black hailstorm and a cloud of gas and dust that loomed over the mountain. For the next 12 hours, the streets became littered with stones, pummeling people as they scrambled for cover. Those who delayed their escape had a harder time making their way through the streets as the hours went by. While many died fleeing, a large number of people were able to get out of the city in time. Those who headed on foot toward the road to Naples had a better chance than those who headed to the shore and awaited rescue by boat. But some made the critical decision to stay. About 2,000 residents remained in Pompeii, some in an attempt to batten down the hatches, others because they were disabled or slaves and had no means of getting out. Staying was a decision that would prove to be fatal. By the morning of August 25th, a cloud of toxic gas poured into the city and suffocated those that, at that point, were trapped inside their homes. A flow of rock and ash came down, collapsing roofs and walls and burying the dead. The residents of Herculaneum had a different experience. A westerly wind protected the town from the initial pumice and debris caused by the eruption, but the earthquakes and deafening noises encouraged most of its residents to leave. Later, a giant cloud of hot ash and gas surged down and engulfed the fishing village, burning or asphyxiating the estimated 200 residents that remained. The city was buried under 60 feet of mud and volcanic material. Both Pompeii and Herculaneum were destroyed. Some residents of Pompeii, which now lay under 14 feet of ash and pumice, later returned to try to dig out their homes and salvage their valuables. But many of its treasures remained and were later forgotten. It wasn't until the 18th century that Pompeii and Herculaneum were rediscovered and excavated. Their unearthing provided an unprecedented archaeological record of the everyday life of ancient Romans, preserved by sudden death. Fun facts, aka death stats. In the time of the early Roman Empire, 20,000 people lived in Pompeii. Herculaneum was a smaller town of 5,000 inhabitants. 
it is possible that the eruption of Mount Vesuvius killed over 16,000 people. Mount Vesuvius caused a tsunami and hid the sun, forcing people to stumble their way out of the city in darkness. The remains of 2,000 men, women, and children were found in Pompeii. After perishing from asphyxiation, their bodies were covered with ash that hardened and preserved the outline of their bodies. Later, their bodies decomposed to skeletal remains, leaving a kind of plaster mold behind. Vesuvius has erupted many times since and is the only volcano on the European mainland to have erupted within the last hundred years in 1944. Today, it's regarded as one of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world because of the population of three million people living near enough to be affected. A 17-year-old lawyer who survived the eruption, Pliny the Younger wrote letters detailing his uncle, Pliny the Elder's, failed rescue operation, which serve as the only surviving depictions of the event. And with us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hello. And our very special guest is Liv Albert. Hi, Liv. Hi. Liv is host of Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, a Greek and Roman mythology podcast. The podcast is full of sarcasm, and it also gives a feminist take on old mythology, which I love. You also have a book coming out. Is that right, Liv? I do. Yeah, a book of Greek mythology. After listening to your podcast, I got to say, I'm going to get into mythology. Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's crazy shit. <laughs> Yeah, but but you do such a good job of making it like a telenovela. Well, thank you. That's definitely what I'm trying to do is like is bring them a bit more to normal life. Like that's what the ancient Greeks saw them as is like really normal, really flawed people. Um, That's what makes them so fun. Now, Liv, sometimes we like to ask our guests, you know, what is something that is you know, gives you anxiety or causing you great alarm these days? I don't even know. Life. Yeah, Mm. just everything. I can't, I don't have time to focus on any kind of individual anxieties and and troubles because everything is so tiring all the time. That's right. When your whole life is an anxiety, it's hard to pick out your favorite anxiety. Exactly. (laughs) the gods. (laughs) Yeah, you just can't pick just one. (laughs) Rebecca, what's your favorite anxiety? Oh, mine is time. Time management. Oh, that's yeah. That's, that's definitely part anxiety. of mine. <laughs> what about you, Amanda? Do you have a favorite anxiety? Ooh, I love my spiraling worries about my family. Ooh, oh, that's classic. Cata- that's a form of catastrophizing. That's yeah, good. that wake me up. Yeah. But I, I actually just came up with this song that I put my husband and I to bed with every night, and it goes like this. It helps us from spiraling. I go, everybody's okay tonight everybody's okay tonight i don't know what tomorrow holds but everybody's okay tonight okay tonight <laughs> wow it's wow. comforting lo- my, my, my favorite yeah. part about that song is how atonal it is there's just no melody yeah there's no melody that's a big part of why it's so soothing <laughs> how about you chris what's your favorite anxiety well if i had to pick one i would say sleep anxiety is my f- my absolute favorite mm, because, because if I have anything to do the next day, you know, I'll I'll just pick the moment at which 
I want to lay down and go to sleep to have my mind race and think about all the terrible things uh, mm. that could go wrong. But the, and, the, and what's ironic is that during the day, I can't get out of bed. <laughs> well, I mean, had all of us maybe been in Pompeii at the time of Mount Vesuvius's eruption, do you think you know what you would have done? Just help me understand. So first it was a plume of smoke for the first 24 hours or so. Uh, they think it was like somewhere between 12 and 18. First, they just saw a cloud, like a dark gray cloud. And then it became like smokier. And then I was reading um, Pliny the Younger's letter, which is like where we get almost all of this. And he starts describing the lightning within the cloud and the stuff raining down and everything just getting darker and darker as it goes. Like reading his letter is fascinating and terrifying and yeah, it's it's so cool. And now let's take a quick break to speak with Dr. Ingrid Rowland, author of From Pompeii, The Afterlife of a Roman Town, about ancient Roman historians Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger and their connection to the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. So I have some questions about uh, Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger. Um, what, what is their background? Who are they? And why are they so integral to what we know about this disaster? They're the people who told us about it. And actually, it's Pliny the Younger, who's the nephew of Pliny the Elder. And Pliny the Elder was the head of the Roman Navy, which was stationed right off the coast of Naples, which is the great port on the west coast of Italy. Incredibly rich countryside amazing lifestyle. And so that's why they had the fleet in that area, because it's a perfect set of harbors. And Pliny the Younger was coming along with him to learn the ropes of how to be an important Roman, which meant that you learned rhetoric, you learned how to be learned so that when you talked to people, you sounded persuasive. They were both trained as lawyers and then also in the military, and Pliny the Younger would go on, like his uncle, and rise up through the bureaucracy of the Roman state. And he actually became the governor of the district around today's Istanbul. Because they were important, they wrote a lot. And Pliny the Elder was a workaholic, so to save time, he wrote when he was being carried around in his litter chair, because God forbid that somebody like, there were no admiral would walk through town, you were carried through town. And he used the time as he was being carried through town in his little litter to read books and dictate books to his scribe. So he wouldn't even write it, he'd dictate to his scribe. And it so happened that they were stationed north of Naples when the volcano started blowing. And so Pliny the Elder, as Admiral, went out to mount a rescue operation, but he was also interested in their equivalent of science. And so he died in a combination of setting up a rescue operation and trying to find out what was happening. And he was obese and asthmatic and got too close to the fumes. And that was the end of it. Pliny the Younger was studying and he didn't want to go follow his uncle into this daring rescue operation. So he sat behind and was reading his papyrus scrolls while his uncle went out. And so everything that we know is the younger man 
hearing what the entourage of the older man said when they came back and they said he was so brave and he really was, as he was manning all of these rescue ships as admiral of the Roman Navy. Listen to the full interview on Thursday's Aftermath episode. Now back to our conversation. Did they have any concept that they were living near a volcano? Like they did in general, because the the whole mythology of volcanoes was that they believed that the giants were trapped beneath them, or sometimes just a monster, like the, the monster Typhon is notoriously trapped beneath Mount Etna on Sicily. Um, and, and then there are some accounts that there are giants trapped beneath Vesuvius. So they knew that it was like a mountain that was not normal, a mountain that was like <laughs> <With> rumbly. <monsters. laughs> yeah. Cause it was like rumbly and like angry. It was like an angry mountain with monsters trapped beneath to the point too, where the, the God, the Roman God of blacksmithing is called Vulcan. Like he's where we get the word volcano. So like they understood realms of it and he was always called Vulcan and then volcanoes got their name obviously from him so they understood that there was something about them they just didn't necessarily understand the full risk of living so close to Mount Vesuvius now I read that the disaster actually happened the day after Volcania which was a a festival for Vulcan the god of fire during this festival the, the heads of Roman families would throw small fish into the fire to invoke Vulcan to avert fires. Clearly, this didn't help, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Next day, full-on eruption. You know, there are different accounts from historians who say that it they might have changed the date just for like dramatic purposes to be like, oh, the next day. First, the festival happened and then the next day it exploded. So like there, there's theories that it could have happened in, in uh, later, a little bit later in the fall. In October. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you can help us out with this. Is there any drama between Vulcan and Hercules, which is... Uh, I'm sorry, Heracles. Heracles is Greek, so you can call him Hercules because we're talking about Rome. Okay. Um, But uh, I don't think so. Not that I know of. Vulcan was like a weird dude. He was just kind of angry and kept to himself. His wife cheated on him like all the time, like literally all the time. Um, They don't have any children together, and she's a ton of children with Ares, the god of war. But I don't think that he ever had any real issues with Heracles that I that I know of. Now, Hercules has a connection to the area. I'm assuming Herculaneum is named after Hercules. And I read that he passed through the the area on his way to Sicily. During mm-hmm. one of his labors, labors? What I was looking at today, this morning before we recorded, was not necessarily in one of his labors, though that could be true as well. Um, but it was in the war with the giants, the gigantomachy. And so that also connects with Vesuvius being a, a mountain that held some giants inside. Because in the Greek mythology, so I'll call him Heracles because I try to stick to the name the right name at the right time um in the greek mythology heracles helped the the gods overthrow the giants um who were trying to take over mount olympus he was the only like non-god that was part of that war and that happened apparently part of it happened on the those plains uh of the region of pompeii on the way to sicily where he then hid typhon under mount etna on sicily there's a whole giant they call it the gigantomachy it's the war with the giants Okay, so I guess I'm projecting here because I was like, okay, so Vulcan must have beef with Hercules and that's why he like erupted on Herculaneum. 
Well, I don't think they connected Vulcan to volcanoes quite yet, like until Vesuvius more happened. And then it was like, okay, we're going to name these after Vulcan. Because <laughs> um, then like, that's like how we learned almost everything about volcanoes until the eruption of um, Krakatoa, like thousands of years later. So Herculaneum, yes, is named after um, Hercules. But then I also read too that Pompeii is also in a way named after him because a Pompey was like a procession for like in worship of Hercules in that region. And so they named it Pompeii and Herculaneum. So it's all kind of devoted to him. And then on top of that, Pompeii was most known for its gladiatorial games. And Hercules was the patron god of gladiators. So many things. So (laughs) there's a lot of symbols here and we're going to get to the bottom of what that means for us now. (laughs) (laughs) So I can just spout mythology forever. (laughs) Now, I think we can start talking. uh, So so maybe let's hold off. Maybe we should start off by put throwing Vulcan up on the board because he sure didn't help them. As far as they were concerned, Vulcan was underneath the mountain rumbling. Okay, Vulcan is up on the board. And already this episode is reminding me a little bit of when we did the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. There's sort of two categories. We're going like one is the mythology side and then one is maybe the more scientific side. And I just really look forward to seeing where we <laughs> land. Well, in the ancient world, science was mythology. Right. Oh, well, Liv. <laughs> You can't just say things like that. Sorry. (laughs) Drop a bomb. (laughs) So first, let's talk about earthquakes, earthquakes and plate tectonics. Now, Vesuvius, this is according to Wikipedia, Vesuvius was formed as a result of a collision of two tectonic plates, the African and the Eurasian. The former was subducted beneath the latter deeper into the earth as the water saturated sediments of the oceanic... African plate, where were pushed to hotter depths inside the planet. The water boiled off and lowered the melting point of the upper mantle enough to partially melt the rocks. Because magma is less dense than solid rock, around it, it was pushed upwards, finding a weak spot at the Earth's surface. It broke through, thus forming the volcano. So essentially, volcanoes are the pimples of the Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds accurate. How do we boil that down to put something on the board? I think it's plate tectonics. I also think we can put ash and pumice up on the board. Mm. Because this explosion of pumice and uh, debris suffocated the city and buried it in volcanic ash after the lava spewed everywhere. This is according to popular science. The event began with a blanket of ash hitting the towns below, followed by streams of pyroclastic surge, which is molten gas and rock. The, the ash and the pumice did more than just bury the city. The, the Pompeians, who had made their way out of the city hoping to escape by water, soon found that it was impossible due to the account, accumulation of floating pumice, which being full of air did not sink, but rested on the surface of the water, making escape by boat impossible. This is so scary to me. Many of the fugitives who abandoned Pompeii and the immediate outskirts sought shelter in the buildings used for storage along the Sarno River when they saw they could not escape by boat. So they're, they're waiting to be um, rescued. But the boats can't get to them because essentially the water is now rock. 
and even the people who were like on the ocean side, like in Herculaneum, they apparently couldn't get away because of the waves that were kicked up by all of the tectonic action. So even if they had like a, an actual boat like on the sea, they couldn't get away either because their boats weren't powerful enough to navigate the waves that were happening. So maybe we can put up the tsunami that happened because I'm pretty sure there was a tsunami that that happened due to the everything that was going on. Yeah, there were certainly waves. <laughs> I wonder also because, you know, if the um, these people who settled these towns knew sort of what a volcano was, is there anything to being like, why build these towns on a volcano? And this is coming from someone who basically lives on a fault line. I think like none of it's safe, though, right? Like almost the entire Earth has something going on because <laughs> they were just more concerned with like where they could grow the right types of food and where they had access to water and everything. Like that was their first thought because there weren't enough eruptions for them to really think about that like they thought so little of the the danger of mount vesuvius that like a hundred years before it erupted um there was like a war on the mountain like the spartacus revolt of the slaves and stuff i'll not go totally crazy but they were like fighting a war on mount vesuvius yeah wasn't it it was very fertile land so they were just kind of like taking advantage of the fact that vineyards were were growing and uh, that that it was very useful. I don't. I, I think they kind of thought they scored. And it had been thousands of years too. Like there had been people living there for probably at least two thousand years. So I think they were just like, well, if they didn't have a problem, we won't have a problem because seventy nine A D is so late for the ancient world. In terms of like bringing it to modern day. Um, yeah, you're right, Amanda. We are taking our lives into our own hands because um, we live on a fault line. And there's a ton of earthquakes. We're definitely going to die at some point from uh, the the Earth kind of shaking us off. But you have to live. You have to live here if you want to be near where they shoot Snickers commercials and um, Ford commercials. And that's that's really what I, I care about. I need to be where they're making the Snickers um, commercials, Snickers spots and uh, Ford uh, car commercials. So. Well, uh, as someone who lives on the northern end of the, the ring of fire that we all sit nicely on, um, you know, I live in the only place in Canada where we don't have winter. And you know what? I will take that, even though I can technically see an active volcano from my apartment in Washington. We all just you can. I can see Mount Baker from my apartment in Washington, and technically, I learned that is an active volcano—a very sleepy one. But Mount Baker is not fully asleep. <laughs> Do you have an exit strategy? <laughs> I don't, because we all live on the Ring of Fire. One day, we're all just going to go under, right? <laughs> the big one's going to happen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. Oh, but so don't worry. I have a little backpack that has protein bars in it. Like, Perfect. Oh, I'll be fine. You're golden. I put a map in my car. <laughs> there you go. I have a, I have 20 ounces of water, uh, a little umbrella, and uh, a couple protein bars, so I'll be fine. I have a, a map in my car, in my car, which is an electric Fiat and drives only 90 miles. <laughs> I should be set. <laughs> yeah. And I think we should talk about the, the heat of the volcano. Just as a warning, these descriptions are kind of graphic. But according to popular science, researchers from uh, Naples, Italy, found that a segment of Vesuvius victims were likely killed by fast-moving lava surges that streamed down the towns below, creating temperatures high enough to vaporize 
bodily fluids and create explosions in the skull. It is about as horrific a way to go as you might imagine and upends the notion of the toxic gases and thick chunks of ash were responsible for choking inhabitants to death. The new study hinges on analysis of more than 100 skeletal remains from about 300 eruption victims who tried to dodge the worst of the volcano by hiding in bath boathouses by the waterfront of Herculaneum, 11 miles from Pompeii. These people unfortunately found themselves overwhelmed by a massive wave of pyroclastic surges, which radiated temperatures between 400 and 900 degrees Fahrenheit and swept through the scene at nearly 180 miles per hour. But it's not the pyroclastic surge itself that did Vesuvians in. The high temperatures literally caused their blood to boil. Uh, spectroscopic analysis revealed that they were actually high concentrations of iron creating created by boiled fluids like blood. The steam coming off of this reaction was enough to put undue pressure on the soft tissue in the bone and even cause enough force to burst skulls open. Yeesh. Doesn't sound Horrible. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Should we just put... Mount Vesuvius on the board. That's a good idea, Amanda. It's really hard to pin this one down. Like, it's really hard to blame the people for settling near a, a, a volcano when they have really no idea. Well, I think it's something that we can put up on the board is the, the residents, like, zoning. Poor zoning choices. Interesting. Now, please explain. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, I, I know they didn't really know that they were on a volcano, but perhaps if there's rumbling underneath, you might you know, not want to reside there. It's an option. You mentioned something about vineyards. Yes. Um, and that the ground was fertile. And, and if there's anything I know about the Romans, it's, you know, they liked to indulge. Is, is there any, am I getting, am I on to anything here about maybe they sacrifice safety for good wine? Oh, I love that. <laughs> and de general, like, debauchery. Because the thing about Pompeii is that it's basically where all the richest people from Rome would vacation and party like crazy. Like they had these like insane swimming pools and they had all these parties and the Romans loved a good orgy. And like Pompeii. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean exactly. <laughs> Pompeii had, uh, Pompeii and Capua were the two places that had like the most exciting gladiatorial games. Like you could watch people kill each other in the most exciting of ways. So it was just like, the place to go if you wanted the absolute best party. Okay, sounds so like South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I smell hedonism. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Absolutely. That's there. great. I want to throw up a just false sense of security. It's that concept that we all, we were just talking about, right? You know, we're living on top of uh, earthquake fault lines, but we're just kind of hoping for the best and trying to forget about it. No one should feel secure at any point. That's, you know, that's my theory. <laughs> Is the false sense of security the opposite of alarmism? I mean, we all have it. For me, it's having an awareness that we all have it. So like every year or, or you know, every few months, I, I force myself to listen to that podcast, the big one, um, <laughs> just to remind myself of how horrible it would be. And like, yes, you do need your sneakers in the back of your car. It's it's human nature to feel secure. Otherwise, we'd all be like Chris and Amanda waking up in the middle of the night. But 
perhaps, Amanda and Chris, that's what's keeping you alive as well. Wow. (laughs) You got to have a balance, right? Because if you're going, just being alive in the world, there's always a risk of some huge natural disaster coming and wiping you out. Now, Liv, is there anything else like mythology wise that you think we should put up on the board right now? We really just have Vulcan. Can we put up the giants? Because yeah, I just yeah. think it's all about the giants. <laughs> Will you tell us a little bit more about these giants? Were they specific to the area or was it like they were all over the place causing trouble? Well, so, and I'm going to try to say this as quickly as possible, I promise. But basically, Greek mythology, like, it started with this one group of people who then spawned the Titans, who were then awful and and... I'm going to even totally not remember exactly, but the giants came in some way of that too. And then the gods took over from the Titans and imprisoned the Titans and the giants. And then the giants got out and they tried to free the Titans and it was a whole thing. And so the gods basically just had to um, defeat the giants in order to calm the world. But the giants were basically this like race of people, probably not a a race, a group of people who were, I do believe born from the falling blood of a castrated god, um, because that's that's Greek mythology. Um, and they were just like big and scary, and sometimes had like many heads and many arms and all these various uh, things. They they really only appear in in sort of that beginning of things story, and then this war with the giants, which is is kind of it wasn't written down a lot, so there's not like a real. Um, extensive story to do with the war but they would carve it into a lot of um, temples and things so there's a lot of visual interpretations of the war with the giants versus like actual written written history of it but it did kind of happen all over the whole of like that region like in greece and some people say it happened in thrace and then some people say it happened like closer to to pompeii but basically it was all sort of working towards Typhon, the worst, craziest monster of Greek mythology. There's a lot of snakes involved um, being trapped under Mount Etna in Sicily. So just like just over from there. They're put in uh, under this mountain because they cause a lot of trouble. I mean, basically, they just... For the gods? Yeah, they're hard to kill. And so there's some versions where they are just killed. But if we're working on the idea of of a volcano being understood to be giants or monsters underneath, which they did understand for at least Etna and, and possibly other volcanoes as well, then they would be trapped under there in order to keep them from getting out and basically like terrorizing the earth. It was essentially their way of understanding why volcanoes were not like regular mountains. Gotcha. I'm just trying to understand why they why they hate each other. Well, they're why I the mean monsters. It, it's like any kind of biblical story of like you know one group begat another group and they had to fight for power and so the gods were essentially fighting for power and that's sort of the last battle where they officially won power and then Zeus was like officially in control and everything was fine and then they created humans and humans never had to deal with any of that trouble because the gods had already figured it out. So maybe we put Zeus up on the board because he could have figured out a better plan for, you know, making peace with these giants. Sure, Zeus is to blame for everything. So, I mean, I think that's valid. (laughs) That's essentially my podcast is what did Zeus do today? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we should say, though, 
um, it, it is actually uh, Jupiter, if we're talking uh, Rome. So we put Jupiter up on the board. Hey, Alarmy, get out your planners and mark your calendars because The Alarmist Live is happening Friday, August 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be deciding who's to blame for prohibition with special guest Matt Gorley. Pour some moonshine and get ready to blame from the comfort of your own home. The link to reserve your spot is in our show notes. We hope to see you there, Alarmy. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, Chris, whenever you're ready, if you want to walk us through what we have. Sure. Who's to blame for the eruption of Mount Vesuvius? Is it Vulcan, plate tectonics, ash and pumice, tsunami, heat? (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to get heat in jail. (laughs) Just heat. Just heat, just things, just temperature being hot. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Why is it so hot? (laughs) This is going to be tough. (laughs) I can't wait for our episode on who's to blame for heat. (laughs) <laughs> or who's to thank for heat i mean like we would ha- wouldn't have a lot we yeah, wouldn't but be able too to much boil heat. an egg too much of heat. a good thing is bad okay mount vesuvius 
poor zoning choices, <laughs> hedonism, false sense of security, the giants, and Jupiter. Mm. Or as the, I guess the Greeks called him Zeus and the Romans called him Jupiter. Yes. Is that right, Luke? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think off the bat, we can take tsunamis off because that was a result of, of what was already going on. The shake, shake, shake. <laughs> If you're going for result, I would say ash and pumice is also a result. I do agree with you. Yeah. Heat, not so much. That was boiling up underneath. Yeah, that's true. Mm, it caused it a little bit more than, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Maybe not fully to blame. We'll see. Plate tectonics, a real culprit. Hard to take off at the, <sighs> off the board right now. Now, I would say Vulcan, uh, you know, as much as his name might suggest he is to blame... I don't I don't think the Romans really thought he had much to do with it. They more named volcanoes after him because they were like, wait, there's a lot of fire and it's melting a lot of things. And that's kind of what Vulcan does, too. Okay, that's a good point. We should take him off. I I think poor zoning choices can come off because I like hedonism a little bit better for that, Um, because I think hedonism hedonism led to the poor uh zoning mm-hmm, choices mm-hmm. i also think hedonism is is a bit more to blame for the volume of deaths um mm. than the deaths themselves perhaps there was definitely a lot more people in pompeii because it provided so much hedonism false sense of security should we talk about that yeah i guess in a way it it like Liv said it caused more deaths it implies that these people actually were aware that they were could potentially be in danger which i'm not sure they were i don't think they were really aware they knew stuff was going on but i don't think anyone at that ancient time could have foreseen what exactly came out of mount vesuvius onto them i mean in a way it would be like blaming humans if suddenly aliens came down and like killed everyone it's well actually that we should be preparing for we should have known better we should have known better uh, uh, that i have a huge backpack for <laughs> <laughs> the earth the earthquake kit is nothing compared to my alien your alien kit. preparedness <laughs> kit <laughs> i think we can take out false sense of security now what about mount vesuvius itself i feel like that might be too easy you know? Yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't feel right. And and it's just it's you can't you can't blame the pimple, right? That comes up in your face. You can only blame like yourself for not washing your face. Mm. So I, I think if anything, <laughs> plate tectonics and heat, if we're using the pimple analogy, mm-hmm. they're more to blame. blame. Yeah. We now have plate tectonics, heat, the giants, and Jupiter. Now I would say the giants you know, if if since we put Jupiter on the board, Jupiter is certainly more to blame than the giants because he is the one who who caused them to be imprisoned versus just figuring out something else. Yeah, some kind of plan. Yeah, and he's the one who started all the wars. He tried to kill his dad. I mean, granted, his dad ate all his siblings, but still, you know, he started a lot. <laughs> I love not Lynn a great just dropping. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. He doesn't sound like a great guy, but let's face it, he doesn't come from an awesome family. No, no. Either. His dad was a real <laughs> jerk. Ate all his siblings. It was a whole thing. Jeez. I mean, I I do think that Jupiter ultimately is to blame, but in a way, it doesn't quite have that bite. It's kind of like we could blame God for everything. Oh, but Ju- but Jupiter's real jerk. He's okay. really the worst. I don't know. I don't want to take him off yet. Okay, well, and keep he could have. <laughs> 
he could have saved his people, right? He had the power to help those well, in Pompeii. The Romans didn't necessarily see the gods as like stepping in all that often. Mm. They 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 saw themselves a lot more free than the Greeks did. The Greeks would have been the Greeks would have been like he should have saved us for sure. But the Romans, uh, they just live their own lives. I don't know. But I just want to blame like, Zeus for everything. <laughs> the Romans were like, let me have my wine. Like, let Jupiter do his thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like he gave us all we have and all the hedonism is all because of Zeus. Jupiter. Should we take the giants off the board then? Because it's kind of like I the giants so. are just being giants. Yeah, they're just living yeah. their giant lives. So we have plate tectonics, heat, and Jupiter left up on the board. And we have to figure out who we're going to give the slap to. So let's not forget about that. Did we lose hedonism there? Hedonism is still, I just put one X by it because it could be a contender for the big slap. Um, I think we, yeah, we should keep hedonism up on the board still. I'm not convinced it's not out. So Liv, can we circle back just speaking about hedonism and you were just talking about the Romans and their relationship to the gods. Would you say that they were like way less pious than or than the Greeks were? Definitely. Yeah. Like in comparison, for sure, the Romans were a lot more about their own ego. They really loved themselves. They really thought they were the absolute best civilization on the planet and like everyone should be like them and they were just going to kill everybody who wasn't like them and they had you know all the slaves you could possibly imagine and they did some really horrific things the romans were really really bad people but really entertaining people (laughs) right so it just makes me wonder if they were more pious and they did believe that there were monsters or giants in these lava mountains would they (laughs) if they were more pious wouldn't they respect that more like maybe that hedonism is to blame like maybe them just being totally self-involved hedonistic and just snuggling up to any horrible mountain they see which has (laughs) any number of giants or monsters in it Mm -hmm. like totally willy-nilly Maybe we should circle these Romans and their behavior in relation to their myths. Yeah, I'm getting that more and more. I mean, because if we go with hedonism as Rome in general, I mean, the thing about Pompeii is that it was such a hotbed for um, gladiatorial games, but then also general, like it would have been in addition to the hedonism that the Romans were going to, the Romans would have brought with them to a place like that, like all their worst qualities. I mean, gladiators are their worst quality they literally sold people to kill each other for sport and then that was on top of the sheer volume of slaves that the romans had at any given time um and that was all to to prop up their hedonism so i mean i think yeah hedonism and and rome kind of as a whole is a big contender i'm I'm getting that feeling as well Although we can't really just take plate tectonics <laughs> off. <laughs> but that just seems so obvious. It's like, it's basically like, what do we want to say? We are the judge and jury, right? And we get an opportunity to make a statement here with putting who we want in jail. Like, do we really want to go with plate tectonics? Yeah. We're not going to make any splashy headlines. Okay, right, wait wait till the earthquake hits uh, <laughs> Los Angeles. We're going to blame t- plate tectonics. I don't know. Hedonism <laughs> could be to blame there, too. Well, Chris's yeah. snicker, snicker commercials that Chris is so desperate to make. Yeah. And is now, that yeah, exactly. partly hedonism? Uh, let me say, in <laughs> defense of hedonism as someone who loves a glass of wine um 
it's a little bit victim blamey. To yeah, but sure. were they victims yeah. when they were the ones setting out to to do all the awful things to get themselves what they wanted? Yeah, but it's like you're connecting that to a volcano erupting. It's because it, it's a yeah, little bit karmic thinking, you know, and I, I it's a little bit of like, oh, karma is how what, right, if we're going to send yeah. hedonism to jail. It has that sort of element of like you brought this upon yourself. Um, right. And maybe some people we might really that. believe that. that <laughs> I personally don't believe in karma in that way. I think there'd be a lot more volcanoes erupting. If, if that were the case you're not wrong i think the white house would be firmly planted on a volcano <laughs> yeah I, I i get that as well it's a tough call my feeling is that you well it's like hedonism is so part of like human nature and do we really want to take that part away from us it's like the only thing we have to like have fun and to kind of like forget about our cares am well, i thinking of it well you're, you're, roman you're, you're hedonism was a lot worse than what we do to have true. fun like it wasn't just wine you know it was like <laughs> killing slaves for sport <laughs> that is bad it's, it's true it's maybe, not great maybe we maybe we need to make the distinction here where and call it roman hedonism like, uh, there we go okay yeah because then it's not just wine good. That's what's on trial here. Yeah. And we're not we're not blaming ourselves for, you know, having the occasional vape pen <laughs> drag of a vape. Don't pen, vape. Don't or, vape. Or, or, That's or really listening dangerous. To loud music no, and vaping a is cocktail. fine. No, vaping is dangerous. <laughs> no. But you know, you bring up a good point, Rebecca, which is that like in the face of the unknown, right? Like even so far as what we know about science in the world, there's still so much that we don't know and there's still so many dangers around every turn. So in the face of that, what is the only natural response? To enjoy the time we have on earth. So hedonism, in a, if you turn it into a, in a different light and just sort of like, it seems to be the only natural sort of response. To this is just Chris practicing his monologue for his Snickers commercial audition. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you looking at the camera holding a Snickers bar and then you're going to unwrap it and say, so live in the moment. And then take a bite of that Snickers. Snickers bar. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I saw that commercial, I'd buy a candy bar. That's well, for sure. I'm just saying, like, if you take away hedonism, then you have puritanism. And that's really bad, too. Yeah. If we're sticking with Roman hedonism, at least there's that distinction, though, of yeah. like, right. it's not so much puritanism as it is like what we do now, which is like some wine and partying and i mean maybe i'll just try to have a glass of wine exactly we don't want to give it up no and the romans would never god <laughs> what do you think about sending roman hedonism to jail and giving the slap to plate tectonics this is the question do we go with science or myth now i just because we're narrowing in on those two things i'm going to go ahead and take heat and jupiter off are we all good with that yeah Oh, sorry. I, I flipped it. I meant to say, I think we should give plate tectonics, send them to jail oh. and uh, give hedonism the slap, the Roman hedonism. Now, I know I've said this before because I can't remember what episode we talked about hedonism in. But if we're giving hedonism the big slap, we have to brace ourselves that they might kind of like it. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they definitely would. That is They'd take it as a badge of honor. Hmm, should we come this up with a another, tough one. another big something? Like the big, what, oh, what would it be? How, the big, okay, big so, drink of water. 
Maybe we should send them to rehab. Uh, the big rehab. <laughs> we should send Roman Roman hedonism to a rehab facility. Um, yeah. Uh, what are you thinking, Ravesy? You're gonna okay. Yeah, I gotta make your call. call. It's your call. I'm going to send Roman hedonism to jail. Wow. And I'm gonna give them a, a rehab in jail. Look, when we speak to an expert, this might change. But for now, plate tectonics, you're getting the big slap. Roman hedonism, you're going to the alarmist jail. Well, thank you so much, Liv, for coming on our show and helping us figure out who's to blame for the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. We couldn't have done it without you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. God, I learned so much, but also got to spout mythology like a crazy person. (laughs) It's the best. After the eruption, according to How Stuff Works, when it comes to Italy's Mount Vesuvius, it isn't a question of if it erupts, but when. Geologists and volcanologists who study the volcano readily concede that Mount Vesuvius is overdue for an explosion. For that reason, the Vesuvius Observatory monitors seismic activity, gas emissions, and other indicators 24 hours a day to know at the earliest point when it may blow. Within 12 miles of its crater live almost 3 million people, and every one of them are at risk. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the iranian hostage crisis Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.